Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018. So I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8 p.m. to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyze stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Center. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and then we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now, we hope you all had a good week under these current social distancing laws. Now, our aim tonight is to give you some more positive things to focus on and maybe some light entertainment as we make sense of the current market for you. Now, tonight is sure to be another exciting show as we have a very interesting topic suggested by one of you. Well, almost anyway, we were asked to cover whether now would be a good time for company takeovers. But with what's going on with Virgin Airlines, we thought, hey, let's broaden the topic for you. As always, we'll look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in and give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you this evening? I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm really, really good actually. Are you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, You've yeah. had some sleep. I know I've had some sleep. I had my wife away for so long, so oh, okay. she was interstate with her mother and looking after her. So I was batching yep. it. I was really self-isolating. <laughs> I live on 10 acres, guys, and I had no wife, no body, no dog, no nothing. That was it. Yep. The nearest person was about 400 metres away. Was it peaceful? So quiet. But I got to eat whatever I like. You chocolate, hear yourself think. chips, you name it. <laughs> you really did take over. Yeah, I think I put on a couple of kilos, but oh, don't well. tell my wife. No. She's not watching. Just adjust the scale. Can you do that or not these days? Can you lie to a scale? I don't know. I know, you only put one I only foot. occasionally get on one. Just put one foot on it, you'll be fine. <laughs> so cool. But let's get into tonight. Now, if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box, so put your questions there. Remember to keep your comments tonight to something that's constructive, um, unlike what we just talked about, and adds to the conversation so that we can assist, assist as many people as possible with genuine questions. And we get so many great questions on the show, mm. so I just want to thank you all for contributing to the conversation, and people have already got in early tonight. Now, if tonight's your first time, then we may, may I say a big hi to all of you and welcome. We're excited to have you with us and hope you enjoy the show. Moving on, it is the third Tuesday in the month, and this means we look at the world markets. So let's get into the charts and discuss our thoughts on what's going on with world markets right now. Okay, now looking at the screen there, you can see I've got a number of big indices there for you. On the left-hand side of the screen, you can see the NASDAQ, which is actually um, the leader at the moment, NASDAQ 100. It's almost flat, so line balling for the week. Oh, this is the year you tricked me, didn't you, Dale? That's <laughs> oh, for the year. I did trick you. I just did it you on purpose. The I did. This is a good start to the just night. Just making already. sure you're watching what you're doing. I tell you, you got to watch the. Actually, you I need watch a magnifying it. glass to see that. Um, okay, so this is the yearly figure. So this is really interesting, isn't it, guys? You can see there at the bottom, um, we've got the CAC down at twenty minus twenty four percent. The FTSE, the UK markets at minus twenty three. The Australian All Ordinaries Index down at minus twenty. So it's come back some way from what it was. Which thank goodness for that. A lot of people are saying but still down a lot and we've got Dow Jones industrial average in the middle of the board there at 17 percent approximately now interestingly the Asian markets are up in the top half so we've got the Hang Seng around 13.7 um, Tokyo um, top is a 16.7 we've got the Shanghai composite at minus 6.5 now um, as I said the, the Nasdaq's leading the board at the moment so look very mixed over the year uh, looking at the I'll come right forward now to the week and we'll see uh, what a week it's been so far. 
interesting that um, we're seeing a lot in reverse. So for the week, in, in the short term anyway, we're seeing the Asian markets in the, the lower half of the board or, or the middle and lower half of the board. Uh, looking at the bottom of the board there, look, we've got the Australian ASX 200 there down 2.45% for the week so far. All Ordinaries Index pretty much similar to that. You'd expect that to be the case because that's the 200 is most of our market in terms of the, the size of the market. And then looking at the NASDAQ Composite Index, you can see there down 1%. So over in the US there, not having a good time this week either. But on, on a positive note, we're seeing Europe is actually up 0.67 this week, Dale, and the FTSE 100 is also up. And I mean, the FTSE chart looks absolutely horrible. So, you know, they're probably relieved that they're actually getting a bit of upside there this week. Well, you need some upside in the in the UK market, don't you, oh. really, after everything that's been going on over on the FTSE yep. for the last... I mean, how slow it's been to really take off. Look, shall we have a look at it anyway, just so yeah, we can see what's been... Yeah, let's have a look at the chart, because it's, it's going obviously with Brexit going on for years, that mm. sort of held it right back. So it'd be interesting to see. A lot of people thought the UK would just tank because of breakfast, but it's sort of fallen back because of the COVID yeah. question. I mean, but, the sad thing for the UK mm. market is that it just, like our market, managed mm. to get to a new high and kept making new highs. And then all of a sudden, this mm. sideways move we could see wasn't a good thing for the FTSE at the time. And we knew that if it dropped out of this bottom below October mm. 2019, that was the end of it. And it did that during mm. the whole COVID situation and, and is still strongly down and has taken out this low here in February 2016. So, and in fact, is below all the previous all-time highs across these tops here. Mm. Um, through to April 2007. So not only the high that formed here in 2000, but this one in 2007 as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to struggle for the next few years, that's for sure. Because yeah. you know, obviously it's got to readjust everything now that it's not a part of the EU. Mm. It's got to do a lot more deals, obviously, um, international deals with uh, countries to obviously for all sorts of goods and services, importing, exporting, the whole bit. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes over the next couple of years, but I, uh, it's not something... It doesn't look great anyway, no. the chart. Um, no. And look, I mean, I think it's been a, a, a market-wide adjustment, this mm. whole COVID thing. You, yeah. know, you look at the percentages that markets have fallen, you can see that that's the case. So, And now we're seeing a bit of an adjustment on the upside. But if you look at this market to see how far it's actually come up, it's... it's um It's only pulled up about 18% mm. off the bottom. Yeah, which suggests... You know, everybody around the world is not really confident of the UK market for a little while. I mean, it's, I mean, we only had breakfast and COVID came out. So it's like we haven't even been had the discussion of how Brexit mm. has affected the, the economy because the, the, the whole conversation has been about COVID for yeah. the last eight weeks. So, so really, basically what you're saying is just avoid that market for yeah. now anyway. I mean, I mm. would be at the moment because it's it really is in that sort of period of, you know, it's like when you do, like we're going to talk about takeovers and stuff like later on. And sometimes when you get companies merging and take over, it can take 12 months to two years to, for things just to settle down and readjust before they start to go. So that's probably what's happening with the FTSE. Yeah, I agree. Look, looking at the Dow Jones, mm. if we have a quick look there, we can see that the, the chart there... Um, off the bottom from this pullback, it's up about 30%. Mm, so that's showing you what the US market is doing by comparison, which is interesting, isn't it? But it was only like most of that was in the first, like it was 18 days to last Friday, which mm. I talk about in my US report, which went out today. Of that move, that 30% move, half of it happened in the first mm. eight days. Yeah. Roughly, only moved up two percent last week. So that was to me is a sign that the market or that rise is slowing. We've had a lot of people, and and my and my take on it is it's rising on nothing. It's really rising mm -hmm. on speculation and hot air and um, positive hope. Mm -hmm. It's rather than it's not rising on fundamental values. It's not rising yeah. on good economic figures. It's not rising on any of it. It's rising on the hope that they're going to lift. They're going to lift the. Um, yeah. restrictions that's yeah. what it is it's, yeah. it's rising on that and it's also rising on the hope that they've got a cure coming mm. you know in the not too distant future and all that's like the, to me that's the buy and pray method mm. you know at the moment so i i still think the dow's very shaky yeah. i really do think okay. it's shaky well looking at that i mean at the mm. moment there's it's trading inside last week's range so definitely not up um, if it takes out this low, that'd be a good thing actually mm. for it because I'd rather see it come down for a couple mm. of weeks and just pad out a bottom. Well, I'm not discounting the fact it's going to rise up through to May. I'm not mm. really, I, I, and this is where some people take us like black and white all the time. They go, well, you said it's going to go down to 15,000 points. Well, I am saying that, 
But I say that's more to me, if you get a scale, the weight of evidence to me is it's going to yeah. go down, mm. not up. But it could go right up in through into May. That's yeah. There's no reason why it can't go right up into May, maybe even to the end of May. Mm -hmm. But right now, I think the probability is it's going to come down. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's only been up two and a half weeks roughly. Yeah. Ish. So we could see another one or two more weeks up. But, I'm, you know, I am expecting a downward move. Okay. So, look, we've talked a little mm. bit about a couple of the mm. international markets there. Is that all you want to cover for now? I don't know. Have you finished talking? It's all right. Look, you I think I'll, someone's going to get the whip out in, in the back oh, office okay. and start telling us to move on. So now it's time to get into your emails and we've been in, inundated with questions again. Unfortunately, we're unable to get to all of them on the show. The first one that we have tonight is from Mark. Hi, Mark. Hope you're well. Writes, hi, Dale and Janine. I've, I've applied your strategies from your books and DVDs, trend lines and other rules to the current market. And I'm unable to see any foreseeable entry signs due to the large decline in any of the top 100 stocks. Due to the abnormal decline in the market, is there something that we should be looking for or to take advantage of this current decline going forward? Thanks, Mark. Mm, interesting question. Well, I think there's two parts of the question. You know, one is it's, you know, he's saying, well, hey, I, in theory, he's saying I can't get a downtrend line on anything. But, can, but people out there who, have, who don't know and haven't read your book yet, I mean, we need to show them something, what he means. Oh, okay. Don't we? No. I think we do because a picture tells a thousand words. No, but it's it's a, the discussion is about he's saying he can't get mm. follow that rules that we've got in the book, but that's also telling you something, isn't it? If you can't get the rules on it, it's probably telling you to stay out of the market. Sure. So that's part of it, and so and that does happen. But will he? Will we start getting trend lines on stocks in the near future? Yes, we probably will. Um, and there are some but, stocks that yeah, we're seeing that. Yeah. yeah, so we're starting to see that now and we're starting to set it up. So it's about saying, well, if you're not getting the rules, should you be trading right now? And the second one is the part, the other part is because it was is such an un, unusual type of pullback, being it crashed at the top. Mm. Like that's just like so unusual. It's when not, a market well, crashes it's not at unusual, the top. It's not unusual, it's never happened before. Yeah, you're not going to get a trend line for ages no. on some stocks. So is that a good or a bad stocks, thing? stocks actually. But is that a good or bad thing? That's, well, it, it, for people mm. who are wanting to trade, it's probably a bad thing to them, but it's a mm. good thing because it's keeping you out of something that's Correct. dangerous. But there are, to, to the other answer to his question is, yeah, there are a lot of other rules and tools that we teach people, oh, just yeah. not in my book. Well, in the Trading Mentor course, you've mm. got a really good rule in there. So yeah. that it might mean that with, with the correction that we see on some of these stocks that they mm. might have that V-shaped rebound like they're mm. expecting for the economy because mm. stocks often move well before the market with the economy moves anyway. Well, it and is, before, and, and that's what I'm expecting. And you're saying, yeah. you know, to me, you know, I think our government's done exceptionally well mm -hmm. um, in handling it. I think our medical profession have done, like, amazingly well. Like, you know, you, like, I think they all should, all should be pretty much knighted, these people. They're emergency services people. They've done such a good job mm -hmm. in doing everything, and I think we can't give them enough praise. But, uh, but and... You can probably say, oh, we're surprised the government's done a good job, but they have done a good job. But all of that, we're an island, right? So we can get rid of COVID. Unlike any other countries in the world, other than New Zealand and maybe a couple of other smaller islands, we can get rid of it. And that's going to put us instead for a massive, massive opportunity moving forward. If we can get rid of this thing now, then we're going to be in front of the world. Oh, so many more people will want mm. to come and live here. Yeah. And see our resilience, really. Correct. And mm. that's where it's going to be huge opportunity for us. So whilst it's a bit tough staying at home and working from home and all the little things that we've got, but then, you know, to me, what's the positive? Enjoy it a little bit too, mm. you know, because it's enabling us to experience a different way of life a little bit at the moment, you know. So I think that's the positive. But I think from a point of view of there's reasons why we have rules and there are reasons that we have rules are to tell us when we should be trading and when we shouldn't be trading. And that's the beauty of using things like trend lines. But they see, keep you out of trades. But you've written in your book trend lines. So everybody thinks you have to have a trend line on the stock to buy it. No. Yeah. No, but that's just the book is aimed at investors or beginners in the trading. It's not meant for traders. Mm. You know, traders do other things. Well, it's meant for traders. Mm. Hang on a sec, because it's meant for traders um, because mm. there are a lot of traders out there who don't have a good structure or process. Correct. And understand some of the really fundamental concepts. Well, um, you have to ask them mm. that. <laughs> but honestly, that's what I'm saying. It's more for beginner traders, people mm. with a low level of okay. knowledge. That's what I was suggesting is so... 
yeah, there are a lot of rules that we can use and there's truckloads of rules that we can use on what we teach in our courses because it's about markets do change personality and you need to have rules that will change with that personality. Yes. But looking at the book, you know, it's on the top 20 stocks. The trend lines will work on the top 50, top 100 stocks. They work most of the time. They're not going to work all the time, but they'll keep you out of bad trades mm. and they'll keep you out of market when it's dangerous. And that's the real thing is sometimes it's better just to stay out of the market than be in the market. And, and this is what a lot of people don't, get it's they say oh i can get in the market and i can make 10 percent now but you could lose 30 percent. but you could make all your money in three months of the year by having some good rules mm -hmm. and not be in the market the rest of the year yeah so that's really what it's okay. about but let's get on to the next question anyway and this one's from andrew hi andrew um he asked hello jessica and dale i'm not sure who jessica is um but anyway <laughs> but that's okay. andrew janine Dale, um, I'm new to the market and would like your opinion on gold mining stocks. He's asked about C a KCN and Eucharista mm -hmm. in my sites. Given that the sales should be bringing in more money with the increase of gold bullion price and their operating costs dropping due to the lower barrel oil price, shouldn't these be a good buy at this stage, Andrew and Antoinette? So we're going to look at Newcrest. So let's go and have a look at that one. Janine. Now, I was so, just thinking, where did sorry? he get Jessica from? Because it could be Jessica in the office, couldn't it? It might be that he's, he's well, seen that's... an email from Jessica or spoken to her. He possibly. may, but I mean, I get called Daryl, but I can yeah. understand oh, yeah, that. Too. People call me Daryl instead of Dale, but I can understand that. But Janine and Jessica are like poles apart. <laughs> so, but anyway, okay. let's go and have a look at Newcrest All right, anyway. we've got it up on the screen for you there, Andrew and Antoinette. Now, looking at the monthly chart there, you can see that... Um, this is a part of the monthly chart. If I show you the whole history, it is a bit chickered. You can see there quite a volatile stock and that's just going with the territory. Mining stocks generally are highly volatile and have a higher risk rating really than a lot of other stocks on the market. And Newcrest is not shy when it comes to the moves that it makes. Now, looking at the recent decline, we've seen a big drop there in Newcrest price going back so it's it, it actually fell 45 percent and people might think oh gold stocks you know they should all be doing well because the gold price is doing well well not necessarily because gold um you know gold will have its ups and downs along the way in any uh, market whether it's bullish for gold or bearish for gold but gold mining stocks can be affected by their production and other things that you know sometimes they have their mines get flooded mm -hmm. all sorts of operating issues happen they might have shutdowns for maintenance that um, slow down their production temporarily um, so look you know you've got to take it on a stock by stock basis not think okay gold's going up therefore i'm just going to buy newcrest yeah. without even looking at a chart you, hmm. there's a time for buying newcrest and it's not now yeah and it's the same with pharmaceuticals or telcos and that there's some that'll do really well and some that'll be doing really hmm. bad so just because you know, the sector's going up or the Aussie dollar's going up doesn't mean you'll jump into certain things. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you know that yeah. I do like it yeah. uh, because we've been talking about it in our investment team meetings. You know, I like the stock. However, right now it's just padding out that bottom. You can see there it's been really volatile at the bottom and it's pushed right up. Um, but it's closed on the middle of the bar last week. So there's a lot of indecision still there with Newcrest. Yeah, there's mm. a lot more a lot more to it in that anyway. So um, I think we can go into the next question now. I think this one's yours, Janine. Okay, great. Um, we have an email from Nick who asks, Hi, Janine and Dale. I said my name first this time. Well, you're more important we said than Dale I am. Janine. Um, loving the content and have Dale's book on its way in the post. Uh, what are your thoughts on CPU? Interesting stock. Need to redeem myself for the GEM inquiry. Happy to video in via FaceTime and ask the question next Tuesday. Best wishes, Nick. Very good. Um, with the video, what we're asking you to, we're not going to FaceTime you. you. All you need to do is just get your camera on your, your phone and just video your question and email it through. That's what we're asking you to do. Then we can play. We don't want to do it live. Um, we don't have the team here to do that sort of stuff at the moment because of social distancing. We're, we're down half of our team in the studio, so we can't do that. So just stick your phone in front of your face and record your question and email it through. It's no more than 30 seconds, please. So, but do you want to answer the question? All right. Looking at the stock computer CPU. share that we've got here. Really interesting stock. I this think it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, looking at computer share, you'd think that they would be, um, you know, probably because of the, the whole COVID situation, mm. they've, they'll, they've been impacted because there's a lot of um, activity that would have been going on prior to that happening. And then it's not happening now because of COVID. So mergers and acquisitions are not happening. There's not, there's a lot of 
things that can affect computer shares, share price in that regard. And they, they went into the American market and did it beautifully. And mm. the share price just took off. But since then, they've actually been pulling back. Now, often when companies launch into a new market, they have a period of you know this excitement about the share and then people buy into it and everybody's mm. talking about it. Mm. And then they start, it starts to fall away, which is what happened prior to COVID coming in. It was already in a decline at that point. It's just that it looked like it was starting to recover here. So it really looked strong coming out of this low here it and did, gave good, good signals. And then all of a sudden COVID just destroyed all that mm. for, for the stock. So looking at it now, obviously um, it's a lot cheaper to buy now than what it was before. And it's just starting to set up you know, right now off this low and, and looks interesting, I would say, given that we're starting to see what we've been waiting for in a lot of stocks. We, we need the rise up and then we need the pullback mm. coming down to test that buyer support before the next potential move up. Yeah, I'm with so you. We're waiting to see what happens. But, you know, look, this stock can be volatile, but it does tend to trend well once it gets yeah. going, and that's a good Patience thing. will reward you on this stock, really will. Patience really will reward you on this. And plenty of other stocks will reward you for patience. And so where this whole FOMO, fear of missing out, has been driving the market the last two, three weeks of people going, oh, I'm bottom picking and making money. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in a false sense of reality at the moment because if... We get some bad news. New, the US is in reporting season right now. If we get some really interesting results or very um, um, results that aren't anywhere close to being in line with expectations, we could see you know the, the US fall quite oh, quickly. Stocks will get hammered. Yeah, they'll yeah. get hammered. It's you know the, the mm. market goes up in stairs and down in elevators and uh, elevators and the elevator. Somebody's got their finger on the button right now, and we only need some bad news to come out and it'll tank and you'll get your, your profits that you're getting at the last couple of weeks will get cleaned up pretty quickly. So let's keep right. moving on. I, I think th that we better get into the chat now and start answering some questions. Oh, okay. So right, what so have we got there? Um, we've got one, a question from Justin. So no stock, but I'll get out there. Justin was on so early it wasn't even funny. He start, His question from <laughs> five o'clock today. So well done. how's that? I even had, didn't even have my second cup of coffee by that time. <laughs> um, he said, hey guys, if a vaccine is announced, will you loosen your charting rules? The initial bounce could be 10% in just a few days. Um, do you want to try that one? Uh, the answer is a big no. Yeah. yeah, the rules are rules and you've still got to trade with some rules. So it's what you set as your rules that's important here. And mm. it's about risk management. So you just decide on what's acceptable. That's the risk reward equation. So you, one, you've got to look for, is there sufficient upside? The chart will tell you, if you apply the analysis that we teach mm. you, it will tell you what the upside potential is. And then it will help you to work out what the downside risk is and where mm. is the best potential point to, to exit if it goes the other way. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point though, because mm. it's like, People are expecting us to change our rules and everything else because something's happening out there. I was and just smiling like... to myself when that question was asked because I was thinking that things would be going off in his head at, the, at that very question. It's like, no. You've it's... stirred the pot here. Whoever's up. <laughs> That's why it is a really good question. <laughs> it is a really good question because a lot of people don't know. I mean, the thing is, is like we get people saying, well, what about the fundamentals? Well, yeah. fundamentals aren't high on our priority list. Is, and, you, and the fundamental purists out there are going, what? Mm. How do you do this without fundamentals? And then we've had people come on the chat stuff, you know, in the, the comment section going, well, technical analysts aren't real people type stuff, or they're not real analysts and they're not real traders. And it's like, well, geez, we've been doing this for a few decades. So I think we mm. know what real is and what's not, Yeah. you know. But we have rules and strategies of how we actually manage what we're actually doing. Um, what's the, So we've talked about that. It, did you want to say any more? I think we've covered that one. Oh, yeah, we pretty much covered that one to me. It's just about, as I said, just having rules and, and staying with the rules mm. and not just worrying about too much about everything else. So, But What's a really, really one? good question. So we've got another one from... Shay? It's, it's Shay. And so let me just bring that one up for Shay. So where is it? It said, hello, guys. Great show. My question is, with oil prices in negative, how will this affect the Australian oil and energy companies and how long will it take to recover? Thank you, Shay. Right. So. Um, look, it could take a long time for mm. it to recover mm. or it could bounce back really quickly. I mean, it all depends on how quickly industry and people get back into their cars. Mm. Now, I was having this discussion with one of the members in our investment team this week about this whole thing, because once they lift this whole moratorium and the restrictions and people get back into their cars, um, mm. they get, people are going to feel safer and more people are going to be driving, I think. 
Um, and that's the question to ask. So in, if in the past you use public transport, maybe you won't feel as safe doing that and you might decide to drive, even though it can be you know, a painful experience driving into the city or driving to your workplace. I think mm. it's possible that we might see more people doing that and therefore you could see a quick spike in the demand yep. for fuel. However, at the moment, it's some contracts, and this is not all contracts, existing contracts are still trading at above um, you know, at prices, I think, 17 to $20, yeah. but, um, or had traded. But the ones for May, the May contracts, apparently some producers are actually getting rid of the oil, having to get rid of it because they can't, nobody can store it mm. now. And so, therefore, that this is what the big news was about that came out this week about oil going into negative territory and then paying people to take it. So, mm. <laughs> so that's interesting. It's interesting times and something that even, you know, I was listening to this um, guy talking about this whole issue with the contracts. And it's, it's going to be fascinating to see that oil price bounce out of a low because we always see that bounce. Yes. And it's just, um, it's just timing. So yeah, it is just oil's timing. due for a low. Anyway, it is due for a low, but for a right low. now demand's down. There's all sorts of issues around oil, but you're mm. right. I mean, you know, it's all, if something gets too expensive, we stop getting it. And if it gets really cheap, we start using it again. What do you think about it? So, it's a perfect storm. Yeah. If, now, I'm hypothetically talking here that if Russia mm. and China were, were working to try to um, push America out, because America invested all this money into the shale market mm. um, some time ago, and their, their market, and they've been squeezed because the price of oil has been falling and falling, and you know, plants are shutting down. It's really expensive mm. to shut down some of these operations offshore and onshore but the onshore ones in America. Mm. Uh, so if this is happening now, they're probably succeeding in what they were trying to do and it depends oh, on how definitely. long they can hang on, these companies. But mm. maybe then America's play should have been to go a lot more, less reliant on oil. Mm -hmm. That might have been better putting the money that way to well, be less reliant California on California went to solar, didn't they? They've got massive solar plants yeah. and they were actually the first um, state to shut down mm. their borders and, and tell everybody to stay at home and stop everything. Mm. So they're really mm. forward thinking over there. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest state in, mm. in the US and I think it's got more population than anybody. I don't, don't quote me on that one, but I know it's yeah, the I biggest state. But anyway, but, you know, but let's have a look anyway. Um, Next question's on Qantas from uh, William, I okay. think it is. So let Good me choice, go and look at William. He's saying, hey, guys, really looking forward to tonight's topic, especially will you discuss what effect this will have on Qantas share price? And I'm not sure effect of what the oil price or whether Virgin has gone down or whatever else. But yep. uh, look, I don't really think it's going to affect Qantas, what's going on at the moment. I mean, Qantas is going to be in trouble for a while, yeah. you know, because people aren't going to be travelling. And I was chatting to, obviously, each week I travel, I, I chat to the guys in the US and they're all saying, oh, you know, when we open up again, we're still not going to do much travelling. You know, like you're standing next to someone and you go, hmm, maybe I'll get it again or maybe it'll come, you know, so they're going to be saying, well, I'm not taking the, the subway. You want to go into the subway? That's pretty filthy down there. I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. So I'm going to get a driver or, you know, catch an Uber or something like that. So, you know, are people going to go out and start blanket travelling? And I remember when Bali had the the... the two separate bombings. I mean, people didn't travel to Bali for a long time. Yeah. You know, I was mm. on a plane pretty quickly, but there's very few people like me. I figured the safest time to go was after yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, but that was just me. Um, mm. Maybe I'm a bit of a thrill seeker, but... You can always have a mask. Yeah, I can always have a mask. You but a lot of people train. aren't going to be doing a lot of travelling, and so I think it's going to take a mm. while. And plus, you know, airlines are very, very... Um, I'm not going to say debt-laden, but they've got a lot of costs. Yeah. A lot of fixed costs, and so... Pulling planes out of being wrapped in cotton wool for months, etc., costs a lot of money. I mean, aeroplanes I would consider a higher mm. risk. Mm. Airlines I would consider a higher risk investment mm. anyway, even before mm. all of this scenario happened. I mean, you just have to look at the history of Qantas. This mm. is where you really need to understand the stocks that you are investing in. So if you look at Qantas there, there are times clearly to be in it. There was, you know, opportunity. But for us, we class that as being too high a risk to be trading Qantas because mm. at any time mm. it can do these sorts of things. It's got that sort of personality anyway. Mm. So look, it depends. And this is where you need to understand setting up a portfolio and how to do that properly so that you're choosing stocks that actually are suitable or appropriate for your own um, stomach, if you like, or mm. your own risk profile. Mm. So look, that's Qantas. Um, you know, we don't like it and probably not anytime soon. It'd be high risk to be looking to go into something like that at the moment. So next one we've got is UCM, which was from... Um, from Alex, I forget, Alex, I'll say it, I'll 
um, Alexander. Alexander. Sorry. <laughs> um, hey guys, love your show. If you get a chance, look at UCM, the stock, and share your thoughts. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for sending the question in, Alex. So let's bring up UCM. Okay, now UCM, wow. as you can see, it's one of those examples of liquidity issues. You can see there in the share price. Now, this mm. is the monthly chart, and it looks illiquid. You can see that when a stock's illiquid, it'll often trade within the same range over the month numerous times, and the bars look a bit sketchy. Then you go to the weekly chart, and you can see how sketchy it looks there. Um, so you know that there's an issue. Now this stock has risen up really strongly, probably had a big um, announcement here and lots of people who knew nothing about the market were probably sucked in by mm. announcements and then this is not unfamiliar territory with these types of shares to see them then fall away after something like that. No. So this stock must get through this high and it's around 32 cents I think that line there that I've got across um, this peak here which is in the high in April 2020. So the 10th of April. So if the stock trades above there, it's actually got a reasonable probability of moving back above all of this. So on the left-hand side, you can see all of that resistance across there. If it actually mm. continues to fall, it could take out this low. So mm. right now with the market being the way that it is, something like this would be a higher risk proposition than buying any of the top normal, 20. Let alone yeah. now. I, mm. have, I have a challenge with these sorts of stocks. It's sort of like I'm I understand why people want to trade them because they can make a lot of money. Because you did it yourself probably yeah. when you first started. You probably well, bought a few small stocks. A couple, not very stocks. many. I think mm. I only bought two and I thought that's not a... That's not that a was an experience that you didn't It's not a smart way to, to make again. money, you know. <laughs> but I understand that the attraction of wanting to trade something like this to make some good money really, really quickly. Yeah. But then I don't understand the attraction of these stocks because the chances of getting this right mm. are infinitely smaller than what getting anything else in the top 100 yeah, right. Yeah. Like out of 100 goes of getting this right, you're going to get it wrong most of the time. Mm. But out of 100 goes of getting a BHP right, you're going to get it right most of the time. So and it's look, I just want to show you something. There's just no volume in it when it's it trades different. normally. See, look what happened with the volume. This is all the news. So mm. there's a whole lot of volume moving there. Prior mm. to that, what is it? There's nothing per, per week mm. being traded. Yeah, I don't understand it. As I said, yeah. you know, it's 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 much smarter trading bigger stocks. It's about consistency. When you're investing in trading, you want consistency. You want to be able to get it right most of the time and be very consistent in your returns. So let's not have one stock that sort of can spike on you that you're not going to get right anywhere near as much time. Well, it's just it's not. Like it just doesn't necessarily yeah. fit with someone's portfolio. So no. we find that people who trade these types of stocks are yeah. actually. They're not, they're not able to deal with the high risk anyway. No. So they're picking stocks that are not suited to them. Yeah, they've got a you know, chat forum tip or something like that anyway. But the next yeah. email we have is from Stephen. And the email will bring us actually bring us into the topic for tonight because Stephen asks, Hi, Dale and Janine. I'd like to know your opinion on VAH, Virgin Airlines. I'm not buying nor selling and don't own. However, I'm rather annoyed of the prospect of the government helping this company out as per the request for extra capital. Seriously, this company has been tanking for five years with this, uh, where you would presume a series of broad, broad issues and no apparent ability to turn this company around within this time. At least Qantas has been building. In my analysis, I could see this company heading south miles away before all of this crash happening, yet they, know, uh, they now want a bailout because of it. Um, I just think it's a brilliant question. I, like, think I just think it's a brilliant on. question. He's right in what he's saying. He really is right, and mm. and you know, and I've had this conversation. I think with Janine and, and and a few other people. Should should the government be bailing out these big companies? And and I often had the conversation with Jim Beach, and I said the the, the country should be if they're going to bail out businesses, it should be more the small businesses, not these big ones. Mm. You know, because the big ones have big major shareholders like. But it's the jobs. It's the jobs, and that's what they're thinking of. And obviously, these big companies have the big pressure going in there. But you know, most of Virgin is not owned by Australians. Mm. You know, 90, 80, yeah, 80, odd, today. 80 just... odd percent of it's not owned by Australians. It's owned, mm. you know, twenty percent owned by um, Eddie Had, twenty percent by Singapore, twenty percent by so, some wasn't other. Wasn't there forty percent by Chinese companies? And the and other forty percent were two. One, one's a government-owned Chinese company for twenty percent. Another twenty percent from another and that company. Chinese company. You showed the report that's talking about that of the two Chinese companies that own a majority. Mm. The Chinese one that's government owns taking over the other one. Mm. So they'll have forty percent. So why would we help that? Like seriously, if, if if it was owned by Australians, then it's, I could probably understand the argument, but. But they're saying, well, what about competition? And I said, if Virgin closes completely, another airline will take their spot. See, That's what the interesting happen. thing is it's quite opportunistic when mm. you look at it. 
because mm. the government have a policy at the moment that if mm. um, the jobs are the issue, so if people mm. are going to, if a lot of people are going to lose their jobs, they may change the whole ruling on foreign ownership for that particular takeover, or speed it up, mm. or help the process mm. along. So it's going to be really interesting to see what ends up happening. Well, uh, the government have said they're not going to bail it out. But they're the, but they're the, the people. Are, they're the people that work for Virgin. They're beautiful. They're mm. wonderful people. I mean, I've flown with them several times. Yeah, I fly a lot more Qantas, you know, um, but they're great. I mm. mean, the staff are fantastic. The pilots, the, 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 the air crew, all of them are fantastic. They don't deserve to lose their jobs. But then, again, you've got to look at it from a mercenary point of view is why should we be bailing out the Chinese government-owned thing that's, you know, nearly 40% owned by a Chinese government It's a balance, entity. isn't it? Like, so, what's yeah. the balance here? Yeah, mm. but you're right. And somebody mm. might come in and take them over, somebody and, or another company or another airline will replace them and then jobs will happen again. So it's just going to be a bit of a washout. But let's sort of, let's now get into our discussion um, in terms of what we're talking about here with Virgin. Yeah, now, now that we've started the discussion about this, it's time to get into our subject for tonight's show, which is about Virgin Australia's voluntary administration. What now for shareholders is the really big question here. Virgin Australia collapsed into voluntary administration today as it looks to recapitalise and emerge in a stronger position following the COVID-19 crisis. The question that we're being asked is, what does this mean for the current Virgin shareholders? And more importantly, will shareholders lose out? Now, the other issue now we need to or we want to talk about is whether now is the time to be on the lookout for companies that may attract takeover offers, not just Virgin, but good companies whose share price may have fallen heavily, making them more attractive and also other companies that may be in financial trouble. Now, we do need to consider that when the price of shares in a stock have fallen heavily, this actually opens them up for an opportunity for predatory behaviour from cashed up companies looking for acquisition. So first up, Virgin, what's actually going on and what does it mean? Now, I think the best we can do is show you the chart of Virgin and then you can tell us what you think um, should have been happening with the shareholders. And put your comments into the chat and we can have it. We can bring those up. But let's bring up a chart of Virgin and just show you the chart. Okay, that's... ready to go? So looking at that, mm. you can see there on the monthly chart on the left-hand side, as um, we were discussing before, it has been falling quite considerably. So it made an all-time high uh, back here, you know, coming down to that low there. So, so back in April 2015, this was actually when the banks all made their highs, interestingly enough, and we can see there that Virgin actually fell 90%. Now, based on all the studies that we, and stocks that we've looked at, typically what happens when a stock falls to 90% is that re mm. it recovers Correct. after that. Normally it would, yeah. Yeah, but what happens with takeovers is you don't often get to see whether it does because they get taken, absorbed off the market and then delisted. So first of all, I mean, did you want to discuss, now that we've seen the perspective of where the share price has gone, did you want to discuss what the, it means for shareholders? Well, to me, it's is if you're a shareholder of this company over the last few years, why did you keep holding it? Mm. And given that 90% of the shares owned by the company, are owned in the company, are owned by large institutions yeah. and overseas ones, um, so that really and even the list outside of those ninety percent were held by a lot of yeah, big some of them like Merrill Lynch and those sorts of things as mm. well. So how many smaller shareholders were there in terms Probably of average Australians? So hopefully, to me, I don't necessarily think a lot of the smaller shareholders in Australia would have been in Virgin. Looking at the chart, they shouldn't have been. Mm. For straight out, yeah. it just looks terrible. It's quite a liquid. Go to a daily chart and have a look at it. It is so yeah. liquid on the daily okay, chart, it's not funny. So going on our rules, and this is what sometimes, it's probably one of those things that we highlight is we talk about not looking at illiquid stocks because sometimes a liquid stocks, looking at that chart on that right, that's your weekly chart, uh, sorry, your daily chart, and that just looks terrible for a stock. And that's why we say don't look at stocks like this because you're going to get situations where they might go into administration, get wiped off, um, but you also might get them as takeover targets where there's, they could have some good assets that another company wants or, or good divisions that other companies want. So they'll take it on and split the company up and get rid of the divisions they don't want and keep the ones that they do. So that also happens. So there's a lot of things going on now, but yeah. will shareholders lose? Yeah, they will at the moment. So if they don't get um, a lifeline from another company coming in, they will fold up. That's what will happen. And then shareholders will lose whatever their investment is 
in that company. That's one thing can happen. But or the administrators will come in. buy the shares, the existing remaining shares, and mm. some company takes it over and it delists. That's the other option mm. is somebody, you know, because as I said, you're looking at Singapore um, Airlines and Etihad Airlines own 41% of it at the moment. Be interesting so, to see what their assets value is, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, they've got good mm. planes and good infrastructure and everything in Australia, so it'd be interesting to see who would come in. To so, take but, it on. but as an individual, mm. okay, we're just talking companies mm. in general. When a market declines, we, we said before that there are often some really good companies that could get taken over, mm. right? But they're at lower prices now. So, for example, you hold, someone's holding a share and the shares pulled back in a market that's down, mm -hmm. and the company gets to, there's an offer for the company. A number of things can happen. The board can decide that they don't want to accept the offer. Yes. They might wait for alternative offers if they think that there's somebody else out there sniffing around. Yep. That creates a bit of competition and could help lift the share price. Or they decide to walk away from the offer altogether and refuse mm -hmm. to accept the offer. Now, I've seen takeovers happen in the GFC where companies accept the offer and technically, looking at the chart, they were foolish to do it. And I'm not going to name the company that I'm thinking of in particular, but the board obviously chose based on the information that they had at the time mm. to accept the offer. Mm. Technically, looking at that chart, that stock was worth more than what those, that company were paying. And, you know, uh, people often ask you, when is, this, when is the market going to turn? Now, we can tell to a degree approximately mm. where stocks or markets are going to turn because we mm. do our time analysis to work that out. And it looked like on this chart that in a number of months, maybe, you know, six to 12 months, the company could have been worth 20, 30% more than what the, this um, takeover offer provided for shareholders. Mm. So in those situations, I get it gets my goat, you know, when I see that sort of thing happen, because we know that these people are not looking at the charts and they don't, they're not doing the analysis from a technical point of view. It's all done from a fundamental perspective. Correct. And that's the thing is, and, and you see, there is always lots of opportunity out there and there's companies always on the, the war path, so to speak, with their war chest full of cash trying to take over companies. But with coronavirus, we've seen a massive shift in the stock pricing to the negative. China's cashed up and they want to buy Australia and they've been doing it for years. So to, we need to look at foreign ownership laws. And all well, they've already, the government have already come in and said, yep. now, okay, we've got a government who believes in the free market system. Mm. Let's not kid ourselves. So that means that we're going to be selling off stuff. But is that always the better way? That's No, the thing. I don't no. think it is. And, you know, mm. they've put in greater restrictions right now to stop that. Mm. And I think it, it, they have said that companies will have to allow up to six months before a takeover could be approved yeah. in some cases. So there's going to be a lot of changes, but I'd say to people, just look for look for stocks that are possible takeover targets. And I know Vocus is one that I've talked about numerous times. There's been takeover bids three times in the last sort of 18 months on that one. But we've there got to be careful ones. here because this could lead people listening to you to take you out of context and... Mm and think I'm going to be speculative in this scenario and just pick stocks and throw some money at it. Well, we're mm. not saying that, are we? No, we're not saying that. What we're saying is have a look at some of the companies that could be takeover targets and look at industries that have been smashed, basically. Look at the industries that are, are um, downward, like real estate at the moment is going to be down for a while. So maybe there might be some companies in the real estate industry, uh, different places, but go and do your research. But really, right now, it spells opportunity uh, for everybody and looking at the market in a different way rather than being negative, look at it in an opportunity or in the way of opportunity. So because companies will get swallowed up, there'll be consolidation, there'll be a whole lot of stuff happening um, over the coming year. So, but uh, it is an exciting time now. We do need to get into our next email, but before I do, remember to hit that subscribe button now and, and whilst you're there, give us the big thumbs up that you actually do like the show. So please do that. Hit the subscribe button now to support us if you do like what we're doing. Um, and as I said, hit the like button as well. But let's get into another email. This one's from Lucia, I think, um, who asks, Hi Dale, expert, I buy your thoughts on the Dow Jones. Might fall to 15,000 points in the near future. Can you tell me once it drops? to 15,000, how long will it take to climb back up to 20,000? Uh, many thanks, Lucia. I'm passing this one to you. Okay, did you want me to bring up a chart or no? No, I just want you to tell me. Uh, when, um, when I saw that, um, Lucia, thanks very much, or Lucia, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, but you are a very keen listener out there and often send in emails, so thank you for that. The, the issue is that Dale 
while he can work out approximately in time where a market will turn, we can't really say exactly at this point, given the way that the market's unfolded, it's created more uncertainty in the stocks and the market. So, you know, that's a big question, but keep watching his Monday report. And as more data appears on the right hand side of the chart, that helps with the forecast. So it'll give us a greater indication of what's happening coming up. So stay tuned for that. Okay, I think we better get into the chat and handle some questions there. So let's have a look at what we've got. Uh, we've got. I think our blip was a, a glitch in YouTube. A I Z, have According we? According to them saying there's a glitch in YouTube. It wasn't really? us. Really? Yeah, it wasn't us. It was YouTube. Wow, that's interesting. It's maybe, the first. Maybe there's a conspiracy. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, so where we go? Oh. A I Z. I better focus, Dale. Focus. Air New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me go back to it. Where is it? Who am I looking for? Okay. Come on, you had a I good sleep be... last night. There's no excuses. I did, didn't I? Where is it? Chop Here we chop. Go. Um. I can't even find them That's now. That's all right. So let's just do AIZ. I'll okay. find the question AIZ, in a AIZ, we're looking here. Air New Zealand. Look at the whole history of Air New Zealand, just to give you a big picture view, and we'll just make sure that all of the data's there. So looking at the left-hand side of the chart, you can see there was a heyday for Air New Zealand back in 99. Now remember, you know, that 99 was a big push from industrial perspective on a lot of industrial stocks. There were lots of companies being sold, taken over. It was a big time in stock markets. And then um, in uh, two, 99 all the way down to around October 2001, huge decline. The company lost, uh, let's have a look at the value. So about, around 94%. Now, remember we said that often when stocks fall to around these sorts of levels, they can have a rebound, which it did. So people were sucked into buying the share. Buy and holders would have been slaughtered, but people who were trading it might have been able to get some short-term trades in there. But look, this is not a stock for, um, you know, for someone if they're wanting to do medium to long-term investing. It's more short-term trading and more higher risk um, situation if you're trading something like this. I wouldn't be looking at it. Just I just wouldn't see the value in looking at a share like this. In the short term, lots of gaps on the chart that need to be filled. There's one down below. The risk is that when the market does pull back and stocks come back to test their lows, that it comes back. The one saving grace is that it's sitting above a dollar. Now, we know that there's been this sort of general mm. talk in the market that if a stock's above a dollar, that generally institutions or bigger players will look at it. Under a dollar, there's no, they're not looking at it. So right now, um, it's still hanging out there in that zone. But look, oh, where is it going to from here? Short term could be downside, but more medium term, perhaps it could make it back up to $2 something, $2.50, but that's pie in the sky stuff at the yeah, moment. Yeah, pie in the sky, isn't it? So, um, so Janine yeah. doesn't like it. Caleb, TCL. Okay. So I found it. The reason why I couldn't find it, because there's like 10,000 posts on here. Wow, and you guys have been busy typing. So Thank you very Caleb's much. Caleb's asking, really grateful for the show. Uh, guys, thanks, Caleb. What do you think of TCL? I'm watching for weekly entry to buy. Okay, TCL looks interesting. It's a stock that you know we have liked in the past. But at the moment, it's found, finding support off these prior lows historically. You can see these lows back in uh, 2016, and there's another one in... Uh, 2015, all around the same level, around that $9 mark. So $9, $10 is a support for this stock. If it trades back below this month's bar, so the month bar is um, $10.73, I'd be really concerned about where TCL is going. I'd like, it's already had a bit of a retest at the bottom and I liked it last week. I thought it was looking really nice, but mm. we're not going to jump in and commit funds to anything that hasn't given us more proof off the bottom. So at the moment, it's pulling back. I'd like to see it come back and retest around probably ten or eleven dollars again. It might go sideways for a little while. But it's it's interesting. It is interesting. It's interesting. That's yeah. what I like about it. It's interesting. Right. Okay. PGL for Rose. Rose is asking. Love your show. What are your thoughts on PGL? Thanks, Rose. Rose, lovely question. Let's have a look at it. Well, for a start, there's not Looks a lot like of history. Looks like a terrible stock. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that. There? Yeah, okay. you can. Okay. Uh, so looking at it, Dale was short and sweet. He doesn't usually do that. This is probably a first. You better chalk that up. Um, I'm way short and sweet. I'll tell our director to, to mark that up as a first. Okay. Looking at uh, Proper Group, you can see there that the stock went sideways when it first listed on mm. the market. And then since then, it's been trading down. So it's not a stock that you would even look mm. at. Um, if you're in it right now, I'd be really concerned about it. But the positive thing is that, as we were talking about before, it's had a move up. It's now coming back to test via support. So if it manages to get above, I'd say probably around 
90 something cents even if you know it was close to the dollar mark if it goes back above a dollar it's got reasonable probability of trading up to about a dollar 50. so that's the short-term possibility for it but you know this is a high risk stakes we're talking so you know you you, mm. you wouldn't want to be looking at this if you're in if you're wanting to buy good stocks okay so let's okay. speed it up now we're going to go through a lot of stocks pretty quickly go to alx as i want to go to ros okay this what is, happened to apt well i don't want to do apt anymore Oh. We've seen it so many times. Okay, you're sick of that one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ross is going, I've added ALX to my watch list. I think it looks a potential buy in the future. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Atlas Arterial. I like the idea of a lot of these um, big stocks that are into all of the, mm. um, what do we say, the infrastructure stocks. Yeah. So this one it would have to be on the watch list, but it still looks a bit iffy given the way that it's unfolded and it's taken out these support zones. So... Right now, there's a possibility it could come back down to test about somewhere between four and five dollars. That's the real mm. risk for the shares at the moment if you are holding it. But it's a good thing if it does mm. that because yeah. we need to see that retest happening now. When it actually dropped in March that week, it the dire week, straight away. it rebounded really strongly. That's a good sign mm. for the stock. So let's just see mm. over the coming weeks that what it does and, and retest. It might trade sideways for a little while before it bounces down again. Another interesting so, stock. Yeah, so we've had about three or interesting four interesting infrastructure stock. stocks. Here's one that's list. not interesting, but we'll look at it anyway. Flight Center. Um, okay. Kuta has said, um, Flight Center, I like for long-term investment, but the market is so crazy now. Um, okay. He's also asked about Z1P, another stock we've covered to death though, like uh, after paying Z1P we cover so many times it's not funny. Um, is it a real company? Um, yeah, they both are, but um, Flights and I wanted to cover because it's interesting because it's been hit so hard and, and I know a lot of people might be going, oh, I can, I can bottom pick this stock right now. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Look, from a technical analyst point of view, it's like a dream come true, <laughs> um, simply because it's following patterns. So this stock is amazing. One of the things that fascinated me about the stock market mm -hmm. is the patterns and how they unfold. So you can see here, even though it's not exactly the same, the way that it unfolded down into this low here in 2005, went up new high, came back down here into 2009 for the GFC, it's actually gone up and done the similar sort of thing. So it's actually traded up here in 2014 and again pull back similar sort of move to that one before that I was just talking about into 2017 made a new high and then pulled back again right to mm. me it's very um, rhythmic in the way that it's moving and I really find that interesting however I think flight center still going to be in trouble for some time and I wouldn't be trying to speculate on a stock like this at this point wouldn't you rather find the safe part of a run than trying to be you know coming into a stock like this where it, it can always go lower it could yeah. always take out this mm. low here there's a real possibility i don't want to be a doomsdayer on it because i really actually want to see it recover and become a good news story mm. again i would hate to see it get taken over by foreign interests yes. i'd like to see it stay in australian hands but mm. you know that's the risk for flight center at the moment yeah i, I mm. totally 100 percent agree with you it's my emotional sides i want this thing to to be here in 20 years time and do really well yeah um, but right now i can't get any joy about it yeah but look that time. pattern i just like it yeah. so i can see that you know in the in the medium term i could Don't see pick. it could be a good stock to trade again because once it gets mm. going there's some really good trends that mm. unfold but yeah exactly it's what Dale said don't bottom pick it uh, couple of good questions here. I've got one from Jim. It says, hi, crew. Any changes to the way you're viewing the market? Are you using options like trading covered calls due to volatility? So, um, um, Look, we, we found that the Australian market... Now, look, options have a place. There's definitely they have a place. But one, it can complicate a strategy. Two, it can actually um, mean that... Cause Investors, when, they, when they're looking to invest funds, they can understand what a stock is. I invest mm. in a company and I can invest in cash. That's simple, really simple. But once you start putting derivatives into it, investors often don't understand them. No, they don't. And it's not easy to explain that, I've found, over the past. Yeah, and the covered calls are a really safe way to make income and a really, really safe way to make income. But it's really they really hit themselves hit their strides, I suppose to speak, if you've got a large, good blue-chip portfolio. 
Now, I'm talking about a large blue chip fund, not something like ten or twenty or thirty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars. I'm talking in hundreds of thousands of dollars or more, because they then it's worthwhile doing it and mm. spending the time and and possibly having a good broker. Because you're does not getting sheep stations for no, these things in Australian market. It's not great. No, you're you know? not getting a lot of income, but mm. if you've got a good portfolio like your retirement or your superannuation portfolio from your self-managed super fund, you've got a good broker that can help you. It can really lighten the load. And you can make some good money, but and it's a low risk strategy, so it's it's something that's it's it's worth looking at. But you if, could get taken out, and you, yeah. and not wanting to be taken but out. But the amount of time you can spend on it, there are other ways to make the money or better. Yeah, okay. That's what I think what I'm saying, but yeah. I, I know you've done covered calls heaps, and I've traded yeah. options a lot myself, so. Um, neither mm. of us are doing that right now. Another good question was from the jovial Jedi. He says, "Hi team, love the channel. Have a question. What's an entitlement issue prospectus?" Mm. Good question. Well, you can tell them what a prospectus is. Well, a prospectus is a book of lies. Um, it's a book, sorry. It's a nice glossy brochure that you get from a marketing people to tell you to do something and, and why you should be doing something. So um, it has nice pictures in it and nice fundamental sort of data in it and saying, hey, you should take up this offer. Um, and that's really what they are. And I sort of mainly well, use Well, it's them. talking about the opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, the, I normally the, use them to light the fire They have to be very with. careful these days anyway, don't they? Yeah, there's all sorts of standards. The ASIC, what disclaimers mm. they've got to put in it, what paragraphs they've got to put in it, all sorts of set things you've how got to put in, the how document. they structure the document, all sorts of different things that they've mm. got to do to make sure people understand whatever the investment is. But, it, but most people don't read it anyway. They just go to the back part where it says apply. Yeah, so what you're saying is people have read something about a company mm. that's offering mm. shares mm. and they're more likely to pay attention to that rather than the document they should be. Rather than the document and all the fine print in the okay. document, which is the more important stuff. Because mm. I've read some prospectuses and I go, well, I wouldn't invest in that. Mm. But then you go, then you have people ringing up saying, oh, I bought these shares on the prospectus. You go, how did you do that? Well, we can't. We can, how can a technical analyst buy shares in a prospectus? There's no trading history Correct. To Correct. But just looking at it from a logical point of view and looking at, you know, the fundamentals in it, the business models, all of those sorts of mm -hmm. things. And there's stuff that I've looked at in many prospectus and go, well, I wouldn't buy that. I'd just buy it on the market later on if it turns out to be okay. It's like potluck, though, to a certain extent. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's, like it's written by the marketing team. Mm. Because Remember the whole... Maya when it floated? Mm. Look at the marketing money they put I into that. I read that perspective and I said, what a lot of rubbish. The major shareholder was selling all their shares, but the little investor didn't mm. actually understand that. Yeah, McGraw Real Estate was another one. Yeah. The, the perspective was all glossy and looked fantastic. Mm. And I said, and I've got podcasts mm. before that came out. And I said, it's going to be a terrible float. And it was. And it's mm. still terrible at the mm. moment. McGraw's okay. looking a little bit better lately. But anyway, Title One issue is basically about what you would be entitled to. I'd say you're a shareholder already of a company. Um, and they'll be letting you know what the, some entitlement that you can take up um, in those shares. I don't know the specifics of what you're talking about in terms of that, but could could question anyway. Um, mm. Let's keep moving on. As there's so many questions here, there's like this thing goes for miles. Um, let's, let's bring go. up Wes Farmers for Jen. I'll see if I can find Jen. She's here somewhere. All right. Um, she did ask. Hi, I'm Hi. Where are you, Jen? I forgot where you are. Do you want me to just talk about goes. the stock? Or you, yeah, you she uh, loved great book. She says, love is great show, great book. Thoughts on Wes, thanks very much. I like Wes. Yeah, okay, you like it. However, and we were talking about it during the investment meeting. Mm -hmm. Look, my only concern is how far it's actually recovered already and is a lot of the opportunity Just lost. tell everybody to buy it. Uh, no. No, don't do that. No way. All right, so looking at this, we can see that it's already started that mm. test. So the buy, the sellers have mm. come in, they're selling off of it to take some profits because some people have tried to bottom pick and now it's looking like it's going to pull back a bit. So that's what you'd naturally expect on any share. The only bugbear that I have with West Farmers at the moment, okay, they've, they've um, sold out of their share in coal, coals, they're, um, so they're cashed, they've got cash um, on their books, which is a good thing because they, they may be able to purchase some good acquisitions in this current climate. However, they can spend a lot of time going sideways and doing nothing, West Farmers. We've seen that before. Is it a different company now that it's floated off coals? Well, look, I don't know yet. The board really, have they moved much? I don't see a lot, haven't seen a lot happening of you. So mm. we're waiting on more more news from West Farmers to see what activities going on there. Yeah, we're, the charts... we're, needing, we're needing some of the figures now because obviously COVID came in, in reality, in yeah. Australia in March, so to speak. The shutdown happened. We've been in shutdown for four or so weeks. So all the earnings and the sales figures and everything we need to start seeing because obviously Bunnings is under Wes Farmers. It's yeah. doing really, really well. Yeah, you uh, were saying you had to queue up. I had to, to queue up half an hour to get into Bunnings. Not oh, that I goodness. was at Bunnings at all. 
I was at home Actually, isolating. Actually, there's a donut. There's a there's some donut places around Victoria that people queue up for. But is there? Yeah. Oh, well, I went to Bunnings because I needed Google to go online. to Bunnings. Mm. They also own Officeworks, so there've been a lot of people at Officeworks getting stuff for home, work from, working from home. So they're really? doing all right. Okay. They're also into protective equipment. Like so, what you're saying is it should be a good news story on the retail side. It of should it. be on. Uh, as I said, there mm. could be if we get some good figures coming out on their sales and everything else. This could be one. And also leads us into the next question. Actually, but before you go on, don't, yeah. don't the institutions already find out about some of this stuff ahead of time? So they've got their fing fingers on the pulse. Yeah. And so, therefore, isn't the bounce off the bottom? It's already factoring in what you're saying. So, okay, Quite possibly we've seen, it is. We've seen 27% off mm. the bottom to, or maybe 30% to that high. Mm. So therefore, it's factoring in the good news. Yeah, but I think. The, the industry probably still needs to see some of these figures. They mm. may not have seen everything yet. Yep. And it's also about how sustainable it is at the moment. Mm -hmm. So what is that and how long are we going to be in lockdown for and all those sorts well, of things. Well, maybe people, based mm. on what you're seeing, will breathe a sigh of relief and think, great, that lockdown's over. Now I'm just going to rush to Bunnings, Bunnings and, do everything. <laughs> and do all those things around the house that I've seen that need doing. <laughs> I know, I've got all this new gear at the moment. I'm doing a lot of jobs anyway. Okay. But we've got a question from somebody that says, um, um, A. Cabra... Cabra. Um, yep. Hi team, just wondering what your opinion on what industries will have the best recovery on this COVID thing is over. So there are going to be some, some industries. Materials, stocks I'd be looking at. Yep. Um, mining type stocks yep. I'd be looking at. Obviously oil's too speculative at the moment. Some of the big industrials would be good. Yep. Um, it's a question over retail. How yes. long is it going to take people? But like you said to me the other day, people have to people who buy clothes, they want to do the touchy-feely. The women you know, want to go out mm. and buy their clothes. Will they be as likely to do that? But it only takes 30 days for someone's habits to change. So have people's habits changed and are more people shopping online I don't online think it now? will that much with clothing. Younger people are quite happy to buy things online. But, I mean, how, my wife won't ever buy anything unless she tries it on. It's mm. just not going to happen because then you need to know how you look in it. Mm -hmm. And women like to feel pretty and they, they look good in everything. So buying a lot of stuff online, clothing, the US clothing sales in the last month were down 50% on, on February. Mm. So I'm assuming the same has happened in Australia. Because, so therefore, so those, what you're assuming, there's going to be a lot of sales. I'm therefore... assuming there's going to be a lot of sales to get people back into the mm. Westfields, back into the shops, back into the clothing stores. So possibly some of those chains, those stores, um, you know, obviously, you know, we've got Solly Lou with his premier investments in some of those mm. um, those retail outlets, so they could yeah. do better. Mm -hmm. um, but I know the times, you know, right now at the moment is retail's looking pretty sick, consumer confidence is down, consumer discretionary spending's down as far as I know. Um, so, and now that they've stopped people half. from coming in, into, mm. you know, they, when they mm. start relaxing everything, they might, mm. you know, keep the borders secure, mm. uh, as in Australia, and uh, let in internal travel happen mm. and therefore what's mm. the risk really with COVID at that point? You've got to be I've been told we've got a final stock. They won't okay. even let us go long even after got... the mistake. Um, but yeah, we've got Woodside. No, we've got Woodside. Yeah, I've already got it up there. Okay, whatever it is. Step ahead. George, Woodside. Okay, so Woodside is looking still bearish. Right now it's doing what the other stocks, what other typically good stocks should be doing, which is having a bit of a breather and testing recent lows, testing buyer support before the next move up. Now with the with everything that's happening in the oil and energy space, the gas um, space and the risk going on at the moment, you know, there's still a question mark over whether they could fall further. It's quite possible that they could head lower. We could see some, um, you know, sellers push the mark, push this stock back to around $12, $14, dare I say, but it's possible when a stock's in a long-term decline like that, it can always go lower. So be prepared for that. But more short term, if this stock, um, trades up above this week's bar. So at the moment, the higher the bar is around 2103. If we've got a really strong move up, that increases the probability. I'm not saying it's definite, but increases the probability for mm. Woodside to rise. A more solid um, opportunity could occur above this high here on the week ending 17th of April, but at around $22. But it's still classed, in my opinion, as the higher risk area to be investing in in, the, in some of these energy companies. So that's my pick, fix on Woodside at the moment. Yeah. But look, a skilled look, trader, a skilled mm. trader could trade that well if they have a good set of rules there on the stock. Oh, absolutely. There's plenty of stocks at the moment that skilled traders could trade if they yeah. have the right rules and everything. But direction's right. still down on that monthly chart. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are so many questions on here, guys, that just we weren't able Let's to get to Let's pick another them. one. Um, but are we allowed to have one more stock, yes. Mr. Producer? Come on, one more. If you're quick. If you're quick. All right, just Can whatever I've got on my screen. Um, 
right 67 now. Southo, very g'day, very broad question here. Just as the market started dropping due to COVID-19 debacle, I moved my super about 300k into cash to try and protect it. What am I looking before I move in, move it to ASX? Interesting question. That was the first one I saw. So what's your thought on that? Well, look, don't move fast. Is probably my answer to that is is it's your it's that's your future. What you're looking at there, your super and. All too often I, pe I see people jump really, really fast and try and pick the bottoms where, you know, th this market, when it does start to go up into a more medium to longer term uptrend, will go for quite a long time. So you don't have to start early. So you want to make sure it's bottomed, you want to make sure it's moving up, and you want to make sure it's trending up before you start to move. And yeah, you might move, lose 10, 20, 30, 40% on the bottom of the market moving up because we've seen a move of nearly 30%. Um, or over 20% on our market. Yeah, but in the as last you can see, weeks. it's still nowhere near recovered. It's still it? nowhere near recovered, mm. so we are going to get a downward move. Now, right now, people are asking us for certainty, and the constant question I'm getting at the moment has the market finished? Has this stock finished? How long is, how long is it going to take to get back up to where it was before? How long is this? How long is that? And, and people are asking for certainty. And the one thing you'll never, ever, ever have in the stock market is certainty. It's an uncertain market, but what you do have is certainty on how you do things. And as we've said so many times on this show is it's, it's not what happens, it's how you handle it. And people are asking these questions because there is no rules or they have no rules around what they're doing or very little rules. And what rules they do have, they don't really trust them. So, and this is really why Janine and I keep saying, it doesn't matter to us whether the market's going up or down. We're comfortable either way because we know what we're doing. We have rules around that. So we don't need to say, oh, the bottom's happening tomorrow, the bottom's happening next week, then we'll buy it. We just go, well, when the bottom happens, the market will tell us based on our analysis and our rules, and then we'll jump in and we'll jump in at a safe spot. And the opposite happens at a top will do that. So to me, it's not about when um, when you're going to put your money back into the marketplace. I just sit on it. Even if you're six months late and the market's moved up 40 or 50 or 60%, it's better doing that now what you're early. saying is that's for someone who's looking at his super and mm. also someone who may, you don't know whether he's actually done know. our course or no. anything. Well. So if it's a trader and they've actually done our course, there's going to be opportunities shorter term Absolutely. than that. But it's more people who are more, you know, mm. if you're planning for your super, you're not wanting to do anything short term is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So where, where with traders, you know, you might be trading in a couple of weeks if you're traders. Mm. You might, depending on the stocks that you've got on your watch list and what the analysis is telling you, you might be trading mm. in a couple of months. I've got a few on my mm. watch list at the moment I'm getting excited about now. Mm. But thanks for the question. That was really, really good. Now, just before we finish up for tonight, I really wanted to let you in on what we've been doing now. Remember... Last week, I, I promised to keep you up to date on our new show, Talking Wealth. Now, we did upload the first episode of Talking Wealth to flix.net. That's F-L-I-X-X.net. And hopefully, they'll be releasing that show before the end of this week. It's a weekly show that Janine and I are doing based on our podcast that we've been doing for since Adam was a boy, you know, nearly two decades. So we're basing that. And we've got some really interesting people we've talked to. We get more people. We're doing some more interviews tomorrow with some others that I know you're going to get excited about. So, um, But all of our market reports. Um, we're also going to be doing a live show on Flix. And I haven't even told Janine about this. So look at the face. Um, they've asked us if we do a live show on that. So we're probably going to be doing a live US stock market show in a similar format to what we're doing here. I'm but just trying to keep US, a poker face. You are trying to keep your poker face, aren't you? It's not so easy. I can't she do goes, it. oh my God, no, what are you nominating us for again? But it will be on, it won't be on YouTube, it'll be on Flix. It's okay. F-L-I-X-X. So that's the update. We'll let you know. If you subscribe to our e-news, you'll know all about what we're doing anyway. So if you're not, just get on our website and subscribe to our free e-news. All right, it's now the end of tonight's show and hope you've enjoyed it and thank you for participating. You'll notice that Dale didn't swear once, so I didn't need to bring out the swear jar. If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, then send in your ideas and we'll have a look at it in our upcoming shows. If you'd like to see the show continue to grow, then remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues also. Oh, you want to let me talk now? You tell me I talk a lot. She's doing that. Um, also, remember to be sure to put this show on your calendar as we'll be right back here on YouTube, live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. And as always, we're happy to receive your questions, so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Wealth Within Line in the subject line. Stick your phone in front of your face, record it, and send it to the, send the little video to us. Uh, but that does bring us 
to the end of the show and again we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have sorry for the little glitch in the middle i'm not sure what youtube that did was there. exciting wasn't it? that was exciting a little bit different <laughs> i thought dancing girls were kind of run into the, the studio but hey maybe we'll get a wheel and we'll we did spin get it. one dancing girl coming we got one dancing girl in. Um, as always thanks for joining us and we hope to see you again next week for now goodbye good luck and good trading now you didn't notice that i, I changed the order of no, that last part i didn't good Stay night safe, everyone guys. take care Bye -bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.